Hey guys, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. And today's episode is with Jordan and I. I guess you can think of it as like a bonus episode of sorts. We're answering all listener questions about C-section, life with three kids. And I love this episode. I yeah, I had so much fun with Jordan when we were recording it. It started to make me feel a little bit more like alive again. As you'll hear in the episode, you know, we're pretty exhausted, fulfilled, but exhausted from adjusting to life with three kids. I actually don't even fully remember what I talked about because I haven't really slept for more than two hours uh, in about six weeks as I'm recording this, which is wild when I say that out loud. So needless to say, the lack of sleep is definitely starting to catch up, but I wanted to put out this episode and I'm so excited for you to listen to it. If you do enjoy it and you are enjoying Just the Good Stuff, our podcast in general, we would love if you could rate and review on iTunes, share it with your friends and let us know what you think. But in the case where I'm not, I'm not even making sense, but I don't want to keep rambling over nothing because you're going to hear enough of mine and Jordan's voice very, very soon. Hope you enjoy this episode. Rach, welcome back to your own podcast. Thanks. I'm happy happy to be here in my parka. It's so cold in our office. Um, so I'm sitting here in my winter jacket. Rachel wanted to put a space heater on, but I'm like, it's going to be way too loud. Well, we always have a space heater on or in here because it's frigid. There's like horrible circulation in here. So Jordan told me now, hopefully my winter jacket's not making one. I think you should be okay. Just stand still. Okay. Noted. I will. So we're here to talk about all things pregnancy, getting pregnant, your C-section, your recovery, I guess basically the last 10 months of your life, breastfeeding. And then you have a lot of questions for like just advice or how things are going. So it's funny that people are asking me for advice and I would like to sit in a closet and cry right now. But it's not good. Hey, you make it look easy sometimes. No, I want to stop something. making it look easy though. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. But before we get started, I do have to say I'm pretty impressed with, with you because three kids, you don't like, you really don't complain about it and you just like get shit done. And it's very impressive. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have a decent partner. But I don't like. Who is it? <laughs> it's funny because I said something to my dad the other day. I'm like, I know I signed up for this. I'm not saying it to complain. I'm just really, really fucking tired. <laughs> And I'm expecting to be tired, but I'm a lot more tired than I thought it would be. But thank you. I appreciate the kind words and the boost, but I wouldn't be able to do it without you. You're a good baby nurse helper. Oh, thanks, Rachel. <laughs> at least it wasn't a backhanded compliment this time. <laughs> I, I stand true to the fact that I did not give you a backhanded compliment this morning. I did not. We're going to LA for Expo West, and I've been going to LA with my parents long before I've been going to LA with Jordan. And my mom and dad are coming with us and Cooper and my parents like thrive at Expo West. So I'm excited for them to come. It's just, it's a nice like mother, daughter, father, daughter, and plus son-in-law moment. And I said to Jordan, I'm just so excited that my parents are coming to LA. And with me, like with me. Not, not like with us. It was just like with her. And I'm just like, all right, I'll just go F myself. But like, whatever. So well, like they wouldn't be going with just you. So when I say like with me, we're, we're a unit. Like 13 years in, like, is a unit. Right? Me, is oh, you, finally, you, is me. On. Well, I still can't remember to say we, so I can just add yeah. on to my lingo. Yeah. <laughs> so me, me is we. Me is we. 
All right, so let's just jump in. So, yeah. We got a lot of questions and I don't have that much time. Yeah, we don't know Cooper like All right, let's go. How did you prep your body for pregnancy slash optimal fertility? I didn't. I didn't do anything. I think when we first started to get pre- wanted to get pregnant with Ezra, when we tried naturally before we knew we were going to have to do fertility treatment, I was like cleansing my body of any toxins, like trying like elimination diets, like quote priming my body to be in like a great hormonal state. And it ended up like really effing with it. I think I think you actually put more I think you ended up stressing yourself out ex- more. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm gonna say. So when we got pregnant with Ezra, Brody, and Cooper, I did actually nothing. I just made sure I was like well fed at the time, well like well rested. Um, I'm not an intense like exercise fitness person in general. So like, I don't really do hit workouts. I don't like, I didn't change anything about my life or my lifestyle when we were trying to get pregnant. Um, which I think that the stress can inhibit someone from getting pregnant more than anything else. There definitely is a lot of stress and anxiety that goes along with like trying to get pregnant, especially if you're going through a fertility journal journey. So like, do you have any advice or tips of ways to de-stress? Um, you know, I could sound cliche and say meditate, but you and I both know that I don't meditate. People do swear by that and they really enjoy it. I think to de-stress, I don't know if this is an actual tip, but I always would remind myself, you will have a baby. Like I would like actually just talk to myself, like it's going to happen. And I say this to anyone who's, who's struggling to conceive, you will have a baby. It just might not be the road to get to that baby as you envisioned. It might be you know, a lot more challenging, might take more time, but I can promise you, you will have a child, even if it's not in the exact way that you envisioned and saying positive thoughts and almost like an affirmation of sorts to myself definitely helped me feel like less stressed during the process. And especially now it's so common to go through fertility treatment, then reminding yourself that you're not alone and finding friends and companions to confide in a therapist, a partner, your mom, your grandma, like whoever it may be. I think that helps take away the stress. At least it did for me, like talking about it. So you definitely spoken a lot about like your pregnancy and your journey and all that. So some other like questions about this one. Okay. Um, for the gestational diabetes, did you drink the glucose drink for all three pregnancies? So I did for Ezra. I did like one hour glucose test in the office. And I so vividly remember my doctor saying, okay, you have to take the glucose test, like drink this. And then we'll like, you know, it'll, it'll tell us if you, um, an indication if you are uh, have gestational diabetes. And I remember being like, oh my God, I'm kind of nervous. And I got my doctor saying, you're not going to have diabetes. Like, don't worry about it. I take the test. I fail. I go in and do the three hour fasting test first thing in the morning when you drink the drink. And yes, I drank, drank the drink and I actually got really sick sitting in the office because you go there at like 7 a.m. You can't eat anything and you're drinking like sunny delight almost. And listen, I love the taste of the drink that you had to have because I would drink Mountain Dew and grape soda and, you know, high C growing up. Like I would drink anything sugary. So it didn't bother me, but I failed the test for the three hour test. So that was an indication when I was pregnant with Brody, I not like fought my doctor, but I just completely declined the test and said, I'd rather 
take my blood sugar, then take that test because of how sick I felt. Like I couldn't even drive home. I remember having to like stop at the Short Hills Mall on my drive back from Hoboken to kind of feel better before I drove all the way home. And instead I pricked my finger and she told me to just kind of eat shitty for the day. So eat more sugar, eat more carbs, and my blood sugar was through the roof. So it was an indication that I did have diabetes with Brody. So I had to heavily monitor um, my blood sugars during that pregnancy. And then with Cooper, I didn't take the test again. I declined it, which she didn't even like ask me to take it because I think she knew I was going to be pretty like resistant about it. And then said I did my blood sugars with how I was eating. I didn't eat all sugary foods or like high carb days. I just was eating how I was eating. My blood sugar was totally fine. So they, I was able to kind of just manage it through diet, but I knew that the days that I would eat sweet potatoes or bagel or whatever, my blood sugar would be a lot higher. So I just shied, like shied away from that as much as possible. There's other like natural alternatives for the drink. Well, so I, we spoke to someone last week and they mentioned that they yeah. used a, like a better for you version. Yeah, like I see it on Instagram a lot. There's definitely other options. I just personally didn't. I just, there's certain things, I'm just like whatever. Like if you, if your doctor needs you to do something, you just kind of do it. Yeah, I also feel like with the first kid, we didn't, you probably didn't even realize there were other options yeah. or what you're getting yourself into. Why did you not share the sex of the baby during pregnancy? <laughs> so, we didn't find out the sex until around 20 weeks with Cooper. So for those of you who don't know, we have a podcast episode about this. We got pregnant with twins in our third pregnancy. And we unfortunately lost one of the twins, which like I literally still get teary-eyed thinking of. And I also get a headache thinking about if we had two babies at this point in time with two other daughters. Around 12 weeks, we lost, 11 or 12 weeks, we lost, um, quote, twin B, which I, don't, I hate the labels of twin A and twin B for the sake of simplicity. We lost twin B. And so I didn't get to do that, like, NIP, the NIPT test to find out the sex. And when I did get to take it at, I think it was, they told me I could take it at, like, 18 weeks. And they actually, the test results came back inconclusive because fun fact, or not really fun fact, but fact, if you are pregnant with twins and you unfortunately lose one, miscarry one, you can't do that test. So anyways, we didn't find out till after the halfway mark. And even before that though, I said that I wasn't gonna share the sex because there are many reasons, but the main reason is I don't like dealing with the comments and remarks from people around me in general during pregnancy, let alone about the sex of a child because it is ridiculous how many unnecessary comments people make towards pregnant women's bodies of how they look, how they're carrying, what what they're what sex they're having, and any time that someone would see us out with like our two boys, they're like, oh my god, are you really rooting for a girl? Or oh man, like, do you think you're having a girl? And like, I understand not everyone needs harm in that, but when you're when you're living it and then you're dealing with all of the comments all the time it really adds up I think this and can be like really annoying for someone's mental health so I told everyone that we weren't going to say the sex but then when we did find out I told my mom and dad because I don't know how to keep a secret from my mom and dad we didn't tell Jordan's parents because his mom didn't really care if she found out she was like I'll wait till the end blah 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 but then I told Ezra who told everybody in the entire world that he talks to 
So people did know. Um, and towards the end, I was telling people, like, I think the last like, month, I was telling people we were having a boy. And that was, I just didn't want to deal with the comments. I also, it's just a lot. It's a lot for someone to, a pregnant woman to deal with comments on how you look and also comments about the sex. And now people being like, oh, you're going to go for a fourth? I'm like, no. I actually even say we're done before people even ask. I don't give them the opportunity to ask, I should say. I dealt with another with another husband. You have to yeah, yeah. Jordan says with my second husband. <laughs> so you find out you're having your third boy. What were your feelings like? And did you have any like gender or sex disappointment? Was the way someone phrased it? Yeah, it's an inch. My response, to that, I think, is is kind of interesting. So. When we were waiting to find out the sex, it was killing me. Like I was going insane that we didn't know the gender of our child because I'm a control freak. I wanted to be like prepared. I wanted to know what I had to do. Are we doing what kind of nursery? What kind of room am I, you know, designing? What's their name going to be? Which I just picked up. We picked out two names. Um, Well, really, I picked out two names and whatever. We can get to that later. But I was also really, really depressed about losing twin B. Like I remember being in the Hamptons and really being mentally unwell because I was so upset about losing a baby. And that was killing me more than anything. And I also just kept having this feeling inside that we were having a boy when we lost twin B. I said that we like lost the girl. I remember being in, I think I said this in the other podcast episode, but I remember being in Colorado and seeing the name of what I wanted to name a girl everywhere. And that was when I was having a miscarriage. I just thought it was like a weird sign from, you know, someone above basically telling me that we lost a girl. And then when we found out that Cooper was a boy, we were sitting in the doctor's office. I looked at the ultrasound machine. You were there, right? I was. Yeah. And I look over on this the machine and before my doctor even told me i go that's a penis like i saw his penis so prominently that i didn't even really have to be told i was having a boy because i saw it but i thought i truly thought i was going to have gender sex disappointment like i really did think i was not going to be well after that i remember calling my mom one day like just hysterically crying thinking about the fact that i could be having a third boy so i didn't think i was going to be well but when I left that appointment, I cried. I definitely cried, but I didn't like heave. I didn't have a panic attack. And after I cried that one time, I never cried again. You had a rough 48 hours though. Not that you were, I think it's just like some things were like hitting you that the experiences you were thought you would experience with a girl, maybe you weren't going to have. I kept saying things such as, I'm never going to go wedding dress shopping with my daughter. Like I'm not going to like throw a bridal shower. I'm going to have so much alone time when you guys all golf. But then you realize I don't have the best have, friend. You're going to have three mother son dances. At uh, yeah, we were at a <laughs> wedding. We went to four weddings um, during this pregnancy. And I said to Jordan, like, wow, I'm going to have three mother song dances at a wedding and you're going to have none, which sucks for you. <laughs> and I think it's like really special to be able to be a mom or a parent in general of three boys, especially boys that are so close in age, like Ezra and Brody are 25 months apart and Cooper and Brody are 22 months apart. And I see the bond already with Ezra and Brody. So I can only like hope and dream and somewhat assume that Cooper and Brody will be very close too. 
Um, I think it'll be really special. So I thought I was going to have gender disappointment. I think I was a little like, am I really having a third boy? I never in a million years would have thought I would have had one boy, let alone three. But today having the three of them, which I never even like, I never, when people would tell me this, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I actually couldn't imagine it another way. I also just think I handle boys like pretty well. Even though when Ezra asked me to play imaginary cards, I'm like, dude, bust out the pretty, pretty princess because I can't, I can't do this right now. This is my favorite question. It oh. says, did you learn anything new during your third pregnancy? Did I learn anything? Hmm. I feel like this could be like responded to in so many different ways. Well, it's pretty open. Right? Yeah, it is pretty open. I learned how resilient and strong my body is. I really, I grew to appreciate my body so much more during the third pregnancy. I don't know if that counts as something I learned. Yeah, why not? But I was really, really impressed by what my body was doing and had been doing for the last four years. I don't know what else I learned. That's a really hard question. I know, so those I never read a book about pregnancy or getting pregnant or fourth try. Like I never read anything to prepare during pregnancy. So I don't think there's anything in like, like from like an educational perspective that I learned. I think I took into account more of like the pelvic floor during this pregnancy because I worked with Emily. We had Sarah Reardon from the the Vagina Whisperer. We had both Emily and Sarah both on the podcast. So I actually, this is something I learned. That I, so I take that back. I learned more about the pel- pelvic floor health and the importance of that and having to pay attention to that postpartum. Like on Monday when I go to the doctor and hopefully get cleared, I want to go to a pelvic floor therapist and I want to like make sure that my pelvic floor is in, you know, strong and is in good shape. So I learned kind of what I should have been paying closer attention to my first and second pregnancy. I wish I was able to do like these practices and like breathing exercises that I did with Emily. Like I wish I did them in my first and second, specifically with Brody, because I did have a VBAC. And I'm so curious of like the breathing stuff that I worked on, if that would have like made a difference with his delivery and such. So yeah, pelvic floor health is what I learned. Based, sorry for the long-winded answer, but pelvic floor health. I was going to say, it's quite the answer. I know. And then fast forwarding a bit, it's like 35 weeks with Cooper. He's not flipping. So you kind of know that you're going in for your second C-section. Yeah, I knew at 25 weeks when he was <laughs> breached, but yeah. How did you uh, prep for this labor and C-section? I didn't. I really like. I don't. Right. I don't. I didn't really prep for this. I when I found out we were, I was having another C-section. I knew in my gut that I, he was not going to flip. And every time I would go to the doctor, one of the doctors in the practice would say, "Oh, well, you know, there's still time. There's still time." I'm like, "Girl, Ezra was this breached, and he did not flip at all. Like, there is no way that this baby is 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 flipping. I don't." I, I carry on the smaller side. They're, they don't have much room. And to prepare, I didn't really do much to prepare. I just mentally was getting more prepared for knowing like what I was getting myself into, which I almost don't like when you go in for a second C-session because I knew what to expect. And I think that that mentally could like impact you a little bit more. You kind of psych yourself out. I was pretty chill like the day of the C-section, if I do say so myself. Like it was very like, all right, whatever. Eating a avocado with locks three hours beforehand don't <laughs> more than three um four, four hours before we got there i ate at like 12 12 30 and then we were at the hospital at three and two thirty, and uh, they were asking me if i ate within the last eight hours and i was like no i i didn't eat 
Hopefully they don't listen to this. I mean, even if they did, I made it through. It's okay. So your first was a emergency C-section. C. Second was a due date baby, VBAC. Mm-hmm. And now your third was a scheduled C-section. Did you like do anything? Or, or how do you prep for that? Or like what do you do for the day or the day before? Like more detail? How did I prepare for the C-section? Yeah. Like how did I prepare for Cooper's birth? Mm-hmm. So I recorded a whole TikTok video on the day of my C-section, which was completely spontaneous. And I thought of it as I was taking my morning poop on December 30th, the day that Cooper was born. Um, I made sure my hair was washed. I also took off, this is just a personal preference, but I took off nail polish. Like I made sure I got like my nail polish removed. I also like got my toenail polish removed because I didn't want to deal with like maintaining it once the baby was here. I also... You have to keep in mind, I thought I was going to go into labor for six weeks before Cooper actually came. So I didn't like, like I would have bet $100, $100,000 that he didn't come on his, on the date that I scheduled the C-section. I would have thought he came a lot earlier. So I was really prepared for quite some time. Um, like the hospital bag was in our car. I was just kind of psychotic about it because Ezra came four weeks early. So I really was very like at, like nervous for for since he was so breached that this baby that Cooper was going to come on the earlier side too. But I made sure I was well fed, which I guess just made sure it's most C-sections are at 7 a.m., not 5 p.m. like mine was. So have a good meal the night before. Make sure your hair is washed. Your nails are in whatever shape you want. Take a nice bath and shower before you go because you're not going to be taking a really good one for a while. I don't really do much else to prepare not at really. all. I'm pretty, I wasn't that nervous. I just kind of go with the flow. And were you nervous or panicked at all, like before when you were getting prepped for a surgery or during the C-section? No. What do you think? No, she was pretty mm. chill. Yeah. It was actually the emergency C-section just a lot more fast moving, whereas this one you were just hanging out in a in a bed getting prepped for like it was, a couple hours. It was so weird to walk into an OR and give birth like the other time i was rolled in because it was an emergency the other time i was in a wheelchair being like thrown onto the hospital bed to push brody out i've never had a chill like delivery so they've both been on the wild side but um yeah i very very different experience this time around and i had a family friend who works at the hospital and she saw that my name was on the c-section list for that day so she even like came and hung out with us for the two hours while you like sit with the iv um, cause you can't drink water. You can't like do anything. So li- and little did I know how amazing that was going to be because it made the two hours fly by. And if yeah, I was just okay. sitting there with Jordan, I probably would have been like, okay, I want to drink some water. I'm hungry. Like it was good to have like a distraction. Yeah. I would have thought they would have like a TV or some music or some things kind of like distract you during this. It's a really good point. Yeah. They do nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. They were all pretty resentful of the fact that my C-session was at 5 PM. They all kept coming me like, is the doctor here yet? <laughs> And then uh, for the second C-section, do they use the same incision? Yes. I actually got my first bikini wax today. Go, Rachel. It was a, I was basically crying in the parking lot trying to get in there. I texted Lisa. I was like actually like freaking out going to get a bikini wax. And really? Even, why? Uh, why? Because there's hot ass wax on my hoo-ha that just was cut open for the second time. I'm still bleeding out of my Oh, well, you seem so excited about going. I wasn't so. excited. I was going to cancel like 10 times. And so it was the same incision. Um, yeah, they cut it open again. And mine's on the bigger side just because of the positioning of my children. Yeah, you got to yank them out. 
And Brody, well, this is also just, you know, a fun fact to note. Brody did not flip, we found out, because the umbilical cord. His name is Cooper. Oh, my God. Now we have it on recording because you always yell at me. That I, I call never him. do it. Yeah, you okay. always do. No, that was that was like one of the first times that bro <laughs> Cooper's. Oh man, poor Cooper. Cooper's umbilical cord was on the shorter side, and that is why he couldn't flip because he didn't have enough of like a leash to do so. Okay. Now let's jump to recovery. Any tips for a speedy recovery? Oh my God, no. For a C-section, the recovery the second time around was such a beast. It was a beast. I was That I was not mentally prepared for whatsoever. The first time around, I remember standing up in the shower the next day at the hospital, washing my hair to blow dry because I went into labor with nine day dirty hair because he came unexpectedly. But, and I had no choice. My hair was like itchy. But after the like intense pain meds wore off and like the numbing stuff, 24 hours post C-section, shit got real and it got really painful. And I was not mentally prepared for days. I would say like two to five. And then it got got better like slowly day by day. But I was walking around like the hunchback because of like the pain, the contractions when the contractions when you're nursing are so intense, so intense that the seat, like the incision area, like my uterus, everything was just, I wasn't really vibing with how I was feeling. I was taking Motrin and Tylenol around the clock, like every six to eight hours, whatever the doctor said, I was taking as much as I could. I also, for like, so the pain meds and all the medicine in general could like kind of clog your butt. So I took magnesium. I took the Helma. They had their gentle bowel, mo- bowel movement support that. So that helped with like recovery stuff because as soon as like, I think mentally for me, pooping is a huge part of my life. So I knew that for my mental health, I needed to take a shit that next day. And I popped as much magnesium and Helma as I could to go to the bathroom. So that was good. But the bleeding was really intense. It was a really intense recovery compared to what I thought it was going to be. But my body did a very good job healing a week, like less than a week later, I was going for my morning walks, not as fast or much at one time, but I was able to start like walking again. And I'm like still recovering, I should say, but I would say five weeks post C-section, my scar looks good. I was like peeling the glue off. Like, I'm sorry, my incision looks good. It doesn't look as like inflamed. And like, it was so puffy, like the mm-hmm. incision area, understandably so. But yeah, I just, I wasn't mentally prepared. For that, but as my dad says, well, you're older and it's your second time around, so your body isn't going to recover the same <laughs> way. And I said, thanks, dad. I'm only 32. I mean, with all that said, though, I think the fact that you kept up like a very good walking routine up until the day you gave birth and also were like focused on doing some like yeah. good, uh, what is it, prenatal exercise? Yeah. Like the pelvic floor stuff. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, Yes, you did have like a road to recovery, but you were able to walk pretty quickly. Yeah. And even like all the doctors and stuff and nurses were saying that you were probably on the quicker side. For sure. I think that that's a really good point. Like I'd stay as active as I can. And I did during pregnancy. I remember walking from my room to the water fountain, like to to refill my water. And the nurses being like really impressed that I was able to like walk there because you really can't like, it's hard to physically like function 
after C-section. And then do you have any must-haves or must-dos post-C-section recovery? Like either product recommendations or things to bring to the hospital with you? Yeah, so I have a hospital bag um, blog post of everything that I packed with me. I'll update that when we share this to make sure it's like as up-to-date as possible. Um, but things to pack, like I said, the magnesium pills as well as the Hilma gentle bowel movement support were really helpful for me with like going to the bathroom. Um, I didn't really bring anything else to the hospital. Everything else the hospital provided. Yeah, I mean, mooch off the hospital. Take as much hospital underwear as you can, as many pads, as many of like the thick napkins because that's really helpful for wiping when you're bleeding for a while. Like I think Jordan and I might have taken like hundreds but this time that was our third rodeo at the same hospital. Like we kind of like knew what to expect. Every time a nurse would come in, I would be like, oh, I'm out of underwear. I'd be like, oh, didn't I just give you underwear? I'm like, yeah, I know, but I bled through it. Just make besties with the nurses so you can get that underwear because that ish is amazing. I think I have one more pair. Like I'm going to just wear it for fun in like a year, which is reminisce. Ooh. But <laughs> I love that underwear. It's so comfortable. It's like sleeping in like boxers of sorts, but they're like, they're so like smooth. Like I just, I love them. But no, there isn't anything in particular. They also didn't give me Coley's. This time to go to the bathroom, which is why I brought magnesium and the Helma too. Yeah. They changed that. This, the procedures at the hospital that have definitely changed yeah. over the couple of years that we've been there. Where like they were pushing the stool softener like real hard the first time. Right. And I'd ask and for And this it. time you asked them for it. And they're like, oh, only if you need it. Yeah. So that's why I was happy I brought like my own. And also it's like better, I guess, to take like a natural alternative anyways. But I'm ha- definitely happy I brought that. But maybe it's because you had the spinal block this time instead of the epidural. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a different way the, the drugs react. Yeah. Some, someone will have to tell us. I'm not sure. Uh, with other kids at home, any tips on recovery when you get home with, the, with your other children? Be really patient with yourself and ask for as much help as you can. My, when, the day Jordan and I got home, Ezra and Brody were at my mom and dad's. So we came home to like an empty house, which I think was really helpful. So it let us settle in. Like we got home around like 3 p.m. And my parents brought Ez and Brody that next morning, which I thought was great because it helped us kind of get in like a not like an actual groove because there's no groove with a newborn. But, you know, set everything. I set up a station in the bathroom. We were able to like unpack everything from the hospital, like kind of settle in a bit, like get, Co- get Cooper um, adjusted into his his home. And I think that was really helpful. And with your kids, you know, not isolating them from the, it's, it's hard because Cooper, you know, he did have RSV because I didn't really isolate him as much as I should have, I guess. But when you're adjusting with your kids, I think it's just important to like include them as in as many things as possible. Like I always have Brody or Ezra like help me change the diaper. And then like they throw out the diaper or like today I was blow drying my hair and Ezra sat on the floor with Cooper and was like playing with his cars on his rock, like, um, rock, rocking thing. And I think it just making sure everyone just feels included is like makes for an easy transition home with, with kids. If you already have kids. Do you feel any grief for the change in family dynamic? No. Entering another kid into the house? No, but I have heard of women feeling that way. No, because I had nine months to mentally prepare for who was coming. Yeah, and I think they just say, like, I think it's more like, do you miss, like, we were in a pretty good groove with a, with a four-year-old, almost four-year-old, almost two-year-old. Yeah. Right now you kind of, like, throw it back into the mix. 
But I have to say, the kids are very resilient. And I mean, am I grieving over sleep and <laughs> rest? Yeah, for sure. But there's nothing that's happening that knock on we didn't like foresee. So it was are two kids easier than three? Yeah. Do you get to divide and conquer more? A hundred percent. Are you more rested? Yeah. But I we signed up for this and I wouldn't be able to imagine it any other way now. It just feels very right and I feel very fulfilled and 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 done. So no, no grief, thankfully. I know you're not there yet, but someone asked about some postpartum exercises. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, me. Um, uh, yes, Rachel. <laughs> besides walking, I haven't been cleared to do anything else. I plan on working with Emily um, again at least once a week. Well, probably once a week. And I'm hoping to do like Pilates reformer once a week. With nursing, I'm really trying not to do too much. A, because I can't leave Cooper Apparently for more than 15 minutes because I had to run out of a nail salon yesterday without even getting my nails done because he was crying or finished my pedicure because he was crying and I had to leave. And today when I got the wax, Jordan said he cried the whole time. So anyways, I haven't ex- like dabbled with that yet, but I'm hoping to do like a Pilates reformer class and work with Emily. But breastfeeding, my point is breastfeeding is an Olympic sport in and of itself. So... I'm not going to pressure myself to do more than than walking. Like if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That was a great segue because my next question is, how is breastfeeding going? It's fine. It's all too familiar, but it's fine. It's the third time is a lot easier. You know, the second time's easier than the first, in my opinion, and the third time's easier than the second because your body knows what it's doing, but you're quickly reminded how demanding it is. Like you, my my back hurts. And my, my hands hurt, my arms hurt, like my forearms from holding him all the time and nursing 24-7. I nurse on demand. I'm not someone who's scheduled with feeding. I just make sure it's not longer than three hours during the day, um, which I actually want to start doing like two and a half. So maybe he'll sleep longer. Say, I don't even know if we got anywhere near three hours. Yesterday it was like, because he didn't nap, whatever. We're in like a, he's in one of those developmental phases. He's really, Cooper's really fussy right now. Um, the breastfeeding's easier. It's easier because you know what to expect. I'm also a lot less hard on myself and I'm a bit lazier in the sense that I'm not pumping all too much. Um, like I pump if I'm not, if I feel like Cooper didn't fully drain me or like, and then he falls asleep or I haven't really like not been with him. So I haven't had that opportunity yet, but I think it's easier, but it's, it's a lot because no one else can do what, what you're doing when you're breastfeeding and he hasn't had a bottle yet, which he will soon, but. Any changes to your diet while you're breastfeeding? Besides the increase of caloric intake and the amount of food, um, the types of food I'm eating, not really. Like I eat like those lactation, like I call them fat balls. They're like, you know, with nuts and seeds and dates and stuff and and chocolate. They're really good. Um, I'll link to them in the show notes too. I'm also eating more like feta cheese. I'm not a big cheese person, so this is kind of hard for me, but I'm putting like feta cheese in my salads because I want to expose Cooper to as many things as possible through my breast milk, but nothing. And I don't, uh, I'm saying that because I really don't eat much dairy is my point besides my Yasso pops. Just the amount of food that I'm hungry. I've been eating like a whole sweet potato, Japanese sweet potato a day. I actually ate an entire bag of popcorn. I have just the the quantities I was talking about with my mom this morning. Um, like yesterday in my salad, I put double the amount of chicken that I would have put in 
not breastfeeding because I'm like, I feel like I don't eat enough protein. It's a lot of fats, carbs, and protein. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot on your body. Oh, hydration packets. I've been using a lot more hydration packets too for breastfeeding. Yeah, we're all hydrated up. Yeah, I've been having them every day because I'm getting headaches and I want to make sure it's not dehydration. The amount of food, water, everything, it just really increases with nursing. All right, now we're going to the advice slash life with kids. Okay. Excited? Get ready. Always. What is life actually like with three? I'll let you know when I wait, when I um, have a moment to breathe. <laughs> it's... um. You don't do anything for yourself. That's it's, for yeah, <laughs> it's fulfilling. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. But again, like we signed up for this. So I'm not saying that in a way where I'm complaining. But it's really, really, really exhausting. It's like I'm running a marathon 24-7. If you are going to have, you know, uh, many of children, I just, you need support and you need a partner that's going to be a partner. You can't do it by yourself. So it's a, it's... It's a whirlwind. I mean, we're I'm six weeks postpartum on Friday, and I'm really tired. Like I'm really, really, really tired right now. We don't have a a, a night nurse. Like we're up, and yeah, the the kids have been up. Like they've been sick. The inconsistent sleep is definitely hard. Yeah, like Ezra's throwing up in the middle of the night last week. But then, like by the time we cleaned him up, Brody woke up, and then Cooper woke up. Like we literally didn't sleep more than two hours that night. Like it's just. It's a, there's a lot going on and you really don't have any time for yourself. Like you have zero time for yourself. What's the transition like from zero to one, one to two, and then two to three? Zero to one was the harshest, hardest transition. And it was, it was the most harsh transition of my life. Zero to one was really intense. I had postpartum depression after Ezra. Ezra was such an asshole when he was born. He was so colicky. He didn't stop crying. He, he was, everyone was like, oh, like newborns are gonna be so cute. They just like lay there and sleep and, you know, cuddle on your chest. No, Ezra came out like a bat out of hell. That kid was a feisty mofo from the day he came out. And that was a really tough transition. Jordan had a paternity leave of 0.5 seconds. Why are you smirking? Are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Because he's like a little clone of you. No, he's, that is not how I was as a baby. My my parents call me Doctor Spot or something because I was like so spot, spot on. I know, but whatever. Now, now now you guys are just the feisty, sassy. Yeah, like, well, whatever. Spot. We're talking about the transition. We're not talking about today. But it's it's it was a lot for me because you lose any semblance of freedom, and I realized that very quickly. Jordan had a paternity leave of five days. It was nothing, and. It was all on me and I was running my business by myself. I didn't have any help at that time. So there was a lot going on. Zero to one was brutal. Brutal. I, I got to say one to two and then two to three. It takes a little bit more coordination for two yeah. to three. But Brody and Cooper so far have been, um, you know, sort of expected as kids. Whereas yeah. as it was definitely more difficult. For sure. So it hasn't been too tough for like not, not like anything out of the ordinary. No, one to two was fine because you divide and conquer. And two to three, I mean, now Jordan really takes Brody and Ezra and I take Cooper. Except for Saturday when you, I mean, well, Saturday you went out, but everyone was sleeping besides Cooper and I. Sunday, like we went out for a massage. Jordan and I was not mentally well on Sunday, so he went for an hour massage at this like great $40 massage place in town. And I was home with Ezra and Cooper and Brody was taking his nap. And I just like gave Ezra his iPad with his headphones while for like, that's usually what we do on weekends and Brody naps, which, you know, hate whatever. I don't care, but it's so needed. And I think 
Another thing about the transitions is from like one kid to another kid to another kid, you get more and more laid back. Like you just don't care about certain things. Like it's so cliche to say that, but like you really don't like the first kid, like they could drop a pacifier on the ground and like I would literally give that to Cooper. But it's I, just I also different. just think you know how to react to certain things better than others. And it's nothing. It's yeah. not, there isn't like that much new. No. So no. You, you just, you just more equipped to handle it. Yeah. You just, I don't know. Also just so numb at this point. The age gap between your three kids, you mentioned before 25 months and 22 months. Yeah. What are the good, the hard and the special? I wouldn't have it any other way. I like genuinely mean that I, the people who voluntarily wait six years, five years, more to have kids. I mean, I understand accidents and like, you know, spontaneous pregnancies happen, but for like planned pregnancies I'm referring to, I definitely am happy we planned the two year, give or take age gap that we have, because hopefully that means built in playmates. Hopefully that means that we are lacking out of this phase of our lives where you're changing diapers for like, we have Brody and diapers. We have Cooper and diapers. We have Ezra in a pull up when he sleeps. That's a lot of like paper goods on our kids' asses right now. And that's, it's just a lot. So in, I always joke cause my brother's three and a half years younger than me and he's, he's not married yet. And so clearly he, you know, he doesn't, he's kids are not on his radar. And he, we always joke that when he's having kids, like Jordan and I are going to be in like Italy and our kids will be like 10 and we'll be able to bring them with us. And it's like, you know, you don't have to worry about a bedtime. You don't have to worry about changing their their poopy diaper. And you, know, you have different things to worry about at that point in time. But I'm sure any parent would tell you who has children that aren't toddlers and kids, it gets so much easier in terms of like living and functioning. So I'm excited for that. That's why I wanted, that's why we wanted all of our kids. Boom, boom, boom. And we started early. Thanks for the way. I corrected myself. Any newborn must-haves? Yeah, I kind of want to do like a blog post or like a TikTok roundup of this. I was thinking about this the other day. I love the Duna, that car seat stroller. Believe the hype. Rachel's if very you- impressed with herself. <laughs> this is the first. This is the first stroller she's actually figured out how to collapse to the point where we're checking it now to go to Florida and LA because I love it so much. It's really helpful if you live in the city or if you live in like Hoboken, like a city setting. Do I? I, I don't think it's necessary because you're not in and out of the car. So when we lived in Hoboken, I never even considered it because we didn't need it. Living in the suburbs, if like your baby's going to fall asleep in the car a lot more frequently. So it makes it makes it a lot easier to like take them into the grocery store, take them into like the mall, like wherever you're going. I really like that. I really like that weighted sleep swaddle as well. I'll link to all these in the show notes too. The sleep swaddle I really like, which yeah. supposedly there's some controversy when I posted about it, like the AAP the American Association of Pediatrics, Pediatrics that they're like banned or something or they like don't recommend using them. I'm not going to lie. Every product out there is like banned. Yeah. So like t- we got the swing that's banned. The snuggle me that's oh, the mama the, thing. Yeah. These, like literally every product, unless it's like a hard surface for them to sleep on. Exactly. Like yeah. Ma- like a mattress. Other than that, everything's for sure. Upon. Yeah. I just don't. So I don't know. I, we like it, but like, you know, do, do what you're comfortable with. We have a snoo. I'm not like, like, I don't, I don't know if we really need the snoo. I think it's very baby dependent, but as is everything truthfully after doing this three times, everything is very baby dependent. So you don't really know what your baby's going to want and what they're going to need. 
But we do have a snoo. It like works. We use it on the weaning setting though, right? Um, Is that what it's on? No, it's on the lowest. It's not on the weaning setting yet, but it's on the lowest setting of like motion and sound. Jordan controls the snoo on his his phone because Cooper sleeps on his side of the bed. No, we don't have to get into it. I'm Why? Not, I'm not going to shame you. It's, I'm not ashamed. Why Why does Cooper sleep on your side of the bed? Why did you insist because on sleeping? Because then I would be getting out of bed to walk around to and your why, side and then tend to him. Oh, oh, oh he, was, he was crying? He was making noise? She like pretends like not to hear him. Pret- like, oh, okay. No, I genuinely, yeah, oh, okay. no, I genuinely yeah, don't okay, hear anything. Sure, whatever. There's, a, there's no point in me pretending because I'm the one who has to put my nipple in his mouth anyways. So that doesn't even make sense. I don't hear anything. How many times have I say to you, oh, you woke him up? And you're like, no. I almost said a punch rage on the head. No, not really. But she's like, what? She's like, did you wake him up? She kept asking me if I'm waking the baby up to feed. And I'm like, no, I'm not waking him up. Well, you know, sorry. Mm-hmm. So Jordan has the app on his phone, so he he controls everything for the snoo. But um, any other baby must-haves? A carrier of sorts. Like, I like the baby Bjorn one. Um, we have the Mamaru. Cooper hates it, so that's we're, not really working for him. We're pretty minimalistic. He's, he's, he's I like little, our he's stroller. A little, he's a little young for the Mamaru, I feel like. I wish he could move around a little bit more. The Bugaboo double stroller. Love that. Newborn must-haves. Less is more, guys. Like, I always say, like, don't hoard stuff. Like, buy as you need. Like, don't register for things just because, like, you hear they're amazing. Like, register for things like... Yeah, as you said. Like, staples. Very child-dependent. Yeah. Uh, What's our bedtime routine like for us and the kids? So, Jordan and I work until 6. Our nanny is not with Cooper at this moment in time. So, she'll she'll uh, inherit... (laughs) Yeah, I guess like start taking him on probably in like a month or two. So at six o'clock, she leaves. The kids have already had their dinner. Jordan and I sit down with the kids and we eat our dinner. They eat dessert. We clean up everything. We play a little bit. 6.45, 7, we go upstairs. We get Ezra, Brody, and myself. We all brush our teeth. You know, they put their bedtime diapers and pull-ups on, make their pee-pees. Brody always poops at this time. Jordan gets into the shower because he's a procrastinator with a shower. But today he went to the gym in the morning, so he showered when he got home. I, I like to shower before I get in bed. I understand. Just put that out there. So but it's, it's not the like amazing race right now. We give Cooper a bath sometimes to either like tire him out if he has been like slum, like just so he can like maybe pass out earlier. I don't know. Or if he's like looking a little greasy or his skin is drying. Like he's in that phase where his hair is falling out and his skin is all flaky. So we give him. A nice bath and a little massage. Rachel Ray, really believes that the bath and the massage uh, put him into, put him into a better sleep mode. I but do. It worked last verdict, night. Verdict's still out. And then we watched I'm sh- I'm TV. I'm sure nip, your nipple on his face didn't do the trick. Oh, whatever, Jordan. Then we watch TV in our bed with the Ezra and Brody and Cooper. Well, usually it's just me. Jordan's like running around putting laundry away or whatever else he has No, no, no. I prep the kids' room for sleep. Uh, Jordan's very anal, which I think he's just doing an episode on on his analness when it comes to random shit. All right, Cooper is joining us. He just woke up from his first nap in his crib, which was a little bit more short-lived. Than- how did you know or how did you prepare to have three kids? I feel those are two different questions. So we always knew that we wanted three. We always said three to four kids, definitely three. 
Um, so we always knew that we wanted three kids. So it wasn't really ever a question. Like even when we had Ezra, who was pretty challenging for us, we still knew that we wanted three kids. Then when we had Brody, we like weren't fulfilled totally. So we like knew we were going to have another one. So we just always knew that we wanted to have three. And then had we prepare? I don't really think that we did prepare. I think, you know what? I take that back. We did prepare because Jordan and I went away a lot in 2022 because we know it's going to be really hard to have someone want to voluntarily watch our kids, you know, <laughs> all day, every day and at night if for us to go away. So we went to Lake Como. We went to California for work. We went to Florida with my parents, like without the kids, my brother, which was really fun. And where else did we go? Colorado. Oh, yeah, we went to Colorado. So we took a definitely took advantage of like the freedom um, and making it easier. How do you make time for all three kids? Yeah, I was talking about that with my mom this morning because she was like, oh, when you're in Florida, like I go watch Cooper for you for an hour or two and then you can go to the beach with Ezra and Brody. I was like, mom, you got to really appreciate it. I was like, you got high hopes for Cooper. Uh, With three kids, it's hard to prioritize time individually with each child. So I'm like once Cooper's in more of a groove and a schedule, I think it'll be easier but like for Ezra's birthday, I took him just to Target, like just him and I, and my mom was here, so she actually came with us too, but so he can pick out whatever he wanted as his birthday gift. And when he wants to play like Candyland or do a puzzle, like, and I'm nursing Cooper, like I still do it, so it's not one-on-one, but it's definitely hard to prioritize all three kids. I feel like we never say, oh, like Ezra, we can't do X, Y, and Z because of Cooper or because of Brody. I think you just sort of like include them and don't. Like, they don't really know the difference anyway, so. Brody really doesn't know the difference. So as long as you don't say, oh, no, I can't do it because of Cooper, it's a lot easier for them to, like, understand. I think a lot of I times. do say that, though, sometimes as they're like, can you open this? And I'm nursing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't do that right now because I'm doing, like, I mean, granted, I, I, granted, I cooked it, made him a birthday cake and pancakes while breastfeeding. I try and do as much as I can, but. I think just not making it like, yeah, it's what you were saying. I think it's important. And Brody's too young where he really doesn't even realize what's going on. Like he's so obsessed with the baby. That's all he cares about. <laughs> this is a good one. How do you make time for yourself and your mental health? Mm, crickets. My mental health is like not in its prime right now. And my sanity is not in its prime. So I think for me right now, it's me having patience with myself and knowing that it's going to get easier once – Cooper is in more of a schedule. He's like nursing as I'm doing this. So if you hear his little like breathing um, sounds. Once he's in a groove, it'll get easier. But right now, I'm so tired. My mental sanity is, I yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I think you just have to like set the expectation that this time is really not for yourself. And you just no. have to know that the next, you know, like at least those first 12 weeks is very much just about survival. Um, and just keep reminding yourself that it's temporary. For sure. I agree. Do you have your best one-handed meals for meal prep? One-handed meals? I mean, I made air fryer tortilla, air fryer tortilla pizzas, pancakes. I do a lot with one hand. I mean, obviously cutting, like, so anything that requires you to cut, you can't. But I don't know. I like, those are like two things I make a lot. What car for three car seats? We don't know yet. We still have the Volvo XC90, so. It fits the three car seats, but pretty snugly and like not not very 
you, it, it, it won't work for the long term. No, there's not longevity to what we're doing right now. It's just car leases are so insane that we don't want to pay the money to have a larger car at this moment in time. Well, yeah, we have a few more months. Yeah. Uh, how is Cooper post RSV? Knock on wood, he's great. Kid's a champ. You're here and yeah, breathe now. <laughs> Told you. How has having kids impacted our marriage slash relationship? I think it makes your relationship stronger in a lot of ways because it makes you appreciate. Why are you laughing? Because it makes you appreciate your partner. And it gave me a lot more respect for Jordan as a human. Oh, wow. Thanks. Because I'm very impressed with how he fathers and how like his passion and how nurturing he is towards our kids. So I think that it makes you view your spouse in another in another light that you didn't before. <laughs> what? Coop's just going Coop's off like right burping. now. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think before having kids, you just have to know that those first few months are definitely not going to be your best self. So like... We definitely get snippy with one another, but I also just feel like we know that it's not really our best self in this time. So we kind of just like let it go. But it's definitely good because I feel like we just have like a very good understanding of of the expectations for one another when it comes to parenting. But I I do think that now more than ever, we're going to have to make more of an effort to like do things just you and I that aren't work related and aren't kid related. Which is something like I want to focus on. You could probably just do a podcast after. And then the last. Do you feel complete after having your third? Yes. Yes. And that's if all, we, folks. See you next week. get pregnant, great. Jordan's going to get a vasectomy at 35. So after that age, we'll be done. And we're not going back to the fertility doctor. Love you, Dr. Foreman. But we're good. I, I wasn't think? even asked about the vasectomy at 35. <laughs> Rachel just told me. Well, I don't want to like risk it. What if it's like we get to be like in our 40s? I'm just kidding. I know. You know? I, get I remember we had um, uh, Jenny Mullen on. She's like, don't give away and throw out all of your baby stuff. Like it's a superstition. Like just keep something because otherwise you might get pregnant. I mean, I definitely feel complete after having a third. I mean, I'm also just like very realistic and I'm like having fourth would be like utterly crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're good with three. Amen. See you next week.